yeah. Bonus! Hello, podcast family. This is your unoriginal host, Afton J. Thanks for tuning in to our bonus clips. During this extra time together, I'll share interesting interviews and information that didn't make it into the final episodes. During the creation of each episode, there is always so much extra material, and I want to share it because it's really interesting. But unfortunately, sometimes we just don't have time or there wasn't a place for it in the final cut. These bonus episodes are created to help you learn and laugh a little more. I hope you enjoy. The next two clips, we speak with friends that have careers in the theater. They have so much information about the theater, superstitions, and more. If you are interested in some incredible theater fun facts, stick around. Our first friend is a stage manager, and the second clip is the stage manager and her wife, the actress. Along with their dog, Max, who is enthusiastically squeaking in the background, we get an inside look into the world of theater superstition. Um, so there's a lot of superstitions around theater and saying good luck is one of them. And it's been replaced by break a leg as far as I'm tracking. Yeah. Do you, so it's interesting you talked about ballet dancers because that was part of the research. Do you know yeah. what that means, Merit? Yeah, it means, uh, so a lot of what you do in ballet are in French. So Merit in uh, French is shit. So it's kind of like a weird thing. But as far as I'm tracking, that's because of um, like when, like in the older days when we had carriages and stuff, uh, there was all that shit that would be outside the theater. So you would say Merd, and that was kind of in reference to that as far as I'm tracking. It might be totally off base, but I thought it had something to do with horses and carriages outside ballets. You are 100% not wrong. This is one of those facts that like blew my mind. I was like, that's so crazy. And yeah, yeah. It's such an old tradition and people yeah. still do it today. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of like the whistling in theater um and all that and you know like not saying like we always say mackers now because we don't want to we don't want to say the scottish play's name um but yeah it's like one of those superstitions too so so is there anything that you specifically have a superstition about that you always follow for good luck oh god the mackers one is big like i don't even care if we're in a theater adjacent i don't even want to say it like obviously i'm not saying it now we're on a phone call right and i have like theater friends who are just like saying it left and right and I'm like oh my god please knock on something and like we did a show where we had tv and film people on our crew and they said it and then like everything that could go wrong on the show like we had bullhorns going off we had all this stuff like things breaking and I was like just confirmation bias probably of like doing the thing so for me that's that's kind of the big one um Obviously, we still say break a leg. I think that's more just because that's culturally what happens rather than it's a superstition anymore. Um, like, I don't necessarily think there's anything bad if you were to say good luck in a theater. Um, but yeah, I think I think the Mackers one is the one that's kind of held the most true for everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I, yeah. And I, and I think that's why, especially when you're working in dangerous environments, like people don't realize that theater is actually dangerous. I mean, if you're lifting a set piece and it's hundreds of pounds, like you don't want to drop it on somebody. And so I think, it makes sense. The like no whistling thing. It makes sense that you're like, let's say break a leg because you know, all of these things. And it's just, it is, it is weirdly dangerous. The things we do and you're trying to make things as safe as possible. And I think adding in a few like bits of good luck into that thing, I think is, is isn't going to hurt anything. Right. You know, and I know there are people who scoff at it and are like, Oh, I don't care about any of this. I'm going to say good luck 500 times in the theater. I'm going to be fine. And I'm like, 
I feel like you're just tempting fate. I feel like you're just asking. <laughs> you're just asking for bad shit to happen in this run. You know what I mean? And I like, I mean, I've had run throughs where, um, like when I was in Korea, I was working, I was stage managing a show and we, every show had, um, lifesavers, like the soft, chewy ones. And we had a bag of them and we were passing them around the show. And we had a show where we didn't have lifesaver gummies. And I was like, yeah, I didn't have a chance to run to the shop bed and grab them. I was like, okay, no problem. And like, I swear to you, that show had so many things go wrong with it. Like, we had the breakers blow. We had just all this crazy stuff. And everyone looked at me and I was like, you know, I'm going to get the lifesaver gummies next time. And every show I got those lifesaver gummies, we were good. Right. And who knows? Probably not the lifesaver gummies, but it felt like it during that run. Right. And so, it was 100% the lifesaver gummies statistically. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who knows? But I was like, the one time <laughs> that I'm like, not going to get the thing. I was like, yeah, we don't need gummies. Like, we're getting fat. Like, we don't need to be fucking eating candy all the time. And then the one run, <laughs> I don't have that, that stuff. Like, all of a sudden, like, you know, like nothing is working. Right. And it's like, and that's the, and that's the thing with like life theater. And that's the thing with military operations and sports. Right. Like there's just so many things that can go wrong. You're like trying to make it as successful as possible. Right. So like, don't say that, just like, just do the thing to make it, make it fine. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Whatever it takes, life theater gummies or the keyword or whatever, like just yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Just, just please, just, please just get us through this thing. <laughs> like, I don't want it. I don't want it to happen. Um, so just for the record, because I should have started with this, I should have started with what you do. That way you're, like, more credible. Oh, so, like, sure. what <laughs> – you're not just some, like, random, like, theater weirdo that, like, sits back and knows all the Super things. fan. <laughs> <laughs> Super fan. Um, so what do you do in the theater? Yeah. So I'm a professional stage manager. Um, I have had the huge honor. Like, growing up in L.A., I always did theater in some fashion, and so I was always on crew. Um, sometimes I had to perform, which we're not going to talk about. I'm in LA for grad school for getting my MFA in stage management. And um, I'm down here and now I'm working full time. So um, yeah. And so like, I think, I think SMs like we're, we're like kind of technical people, but there's like an art and a science to stage management. And so I think that's also why maybe we're also a little superstitious. Like we just, we just don't want to tempt, tempt the things, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah you, you have a pivotal role in this theater production. Like, don't tempt it. <laughs> yeah, because we're the ones that have to like, because I mean, obviously, there is a whole team of people making productions come to life. But we are the ones that are in charge of making the final call. So if we have to hold a show, that's on us. If an actor goes down, we have to figure out a way to get another actor like an understudy or a swing or a cover in on in instead. If tech isn't working, we're the ones that are helping to troubleshoot and figure out the contingency plan. Um, we also create a lot of the contingency plans. We also have assets with you know, our technical directors and other subject matter experts, but at the end of the day, it's on us to execute. So I, I also am like, you know, if I'm, if I've got to be the one that's holding this bag when it all goes to shit, like, <laughs> I want to make sure that I'm not adding more stuff for it to go wrong, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. It's, uh, yeah. So you're, we're talking about like, where does it come from? Right. And I, I did think, I thought it came from, I would assume it would have come from the theater as well, like Shakespearean times or like when, you know, all that stuff was like really, really, in its heyday, um, it's not. Um, all the research that I've done, they actually think it came from either horse jockeying or pilots. Huh. Yeah. So, um, like the early, and it all kind of started around the 1900s. I, I thought it would have started way earlier than that, but they cannot find either a, a, a literary or like a cultural saying reference to break a leg until the early 1900s. And that, that was and, my thought was like, I feel like we assume it's Shakespeare, but I was like, I know a lot of theater superstitions come from the industrial age. So, right. 
Right. It makes yeah, you yeah, a good right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like um, the horse jockeying thing, like it, it showed up in a magazine, like, hey, like the most superstitious people on the planet are um, are horse jockeys who like they need good luck to win. And so they were, there's like a couple different things they thought the origin was from. Like one could have been like, it's either like, hey, like when you, you know, win, you break a leg on the finish line. So like, it's a good thing. Like, hey, break a leg. Like, I hope you win. Oh, right, right. Because of the photo finish and all that, right? Where the leg has to pass or whatever. Right. Or, um, or it was like when you start, I guess a lot of the times the horse jockeys would, you know, try to like get as close as they could to the start line. And so back in the day when it wasn't such a big deal to like break the start line, you know, back before they had like all these like really hard rules, like you would kind of let your horse break the start line with its leg, like break a leg for good luck. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of those two, or they think it might've come from German fighter pilots which is weird. So apparently there's like a Yiddish saying, which I will not attempt to pronounce in your presence. <laughs> um, that Why terrible like, you for not knowing the Yiddish thing? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if you are. Like, I don't want to like say the word and you're like asking that. Means, no, like, no, but I'm like, I'm wondering like if I call my mom and I'm like, did you know Bregole come from Yiddish? Is my mom going to be like, oh yeah, totally. Or she going to be like, what? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, are we just terrible at our own languages? Like, I don't know. Okay. I mean, maybe, like, I, I, maybe I should just pass this to your mom, you know? <laughs> it's like a, it's like a sniff test. Like, is this true? Or are we, are we like making this up? Um, but yeah, so the break a leg thing, um, I guess like I could attempt to say the word to you, although it, I'm probably going to like 100% not say it right, but it means, um, okay. It it's might like, also, you just got to say it. Girl, I, you know, I can't say that word like 15 years <laughs> later. It's like, <laughs> eludes me the pronunciation of this holiday, which I will not attempt at this time <laughs> on a recording. <laughs> okay, so the Yiddish phrase or Hebrew blessing, namely, Hatsalaka Yubraka, literally translated means success and blessing. How close okay. was I? I, I mean, I, I think I think it was a, it was a good attempt. Um, you, you, you know, Hebrew is a very hard language. Yeah. Hit me uh, with it. I take feedback. Yeah. I, I'm not also going to say, cause now I'm going to be like, recorded <laughs> as being terrible. But, um, I, I think we have to remember that, that Hebrew is like kind of very phlegmy, right? There's like a lot of huh sounds in there. And I think that mm. is maybe the only thing you're missing. Okay. So, so what do you think I was trying to say? Hatslaka, you raka. Um, I can't even say it because now, like, now that you're doing it, I'm like, I, is this even a thing? Um, <laughs> like, how do I speak Hebrew now? Um, no, I do, I do know what you're referring to, and that makes sense. I just didn't realize that that related to break a leg. Like, I didn't realize that there was a correlation there, you know? So um, this is, and this is where they think the correlation may have happened. So literally translated, that means success and blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, it says Hebrew blessings often convey well wishes and positive statements which is like super nice, right? But then at some point, some German people, dudes, uh, converted that or they heard it. They either converted it on accident or they heard it and they were making fun of it. Like there's no real like point where it says definitively, but the German phrase is Hals Unled Brukek, which I maybe if I actually heard the correct pronunciation, they sound the same, but to me they don't. Um, which might have been a phonetic accent or ironically on words, but that translates to neck and leg break. Hmm. So pilots would, before they went to go fly, like the Luftwaffe, they would say, 
neck and leg break in German to each other as like a sign of good luck that they would come back unscathed. Yeah, and to me that's still tempting fate with both the jockeys and the pilots. Like I'm like, why am I? That'd be like us, like as pilots, wishing each other like, hope you crash. You're like, thanks. Well, yeah, but <laughs> you tell people in the theater to break a leg. I know, but it just feels worse when you're in an airplane. Like it just feels so much worse <laughs> when I'm not on the ground. <laughs> I hope you break your neck and crash the thing into the ground. You're like, cool, thanks, bro. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you guys can say it in the theater, but we cannot say it as pilots. <laughs> Like, I just feel like who has a better, like, I think if I'm worrying about statistics, like, I feel like more pilots die than theater people, right? And so, like, I think it's just, like, I think it's, like, more, it's more of an ironic thing in theater than it is with pilots. Like, I don't know. It just feels more scary with pilots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm just, like, like, I'd really like to know, like, where it started, although, you know, a lot of pilot traditions or just whatever. Like, maybe these guys yeah. are just, like, able to each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. Super superstitious. So... Um, yeah, and I was like, there's, I was like, there's no way that's true. Like you and I both are pretty big into, you know, aviation, aviation history and whatever. So yeah. I looked it up in a lot of the like German fighter pilots in their autobiographies. Like this is something they said to each other. I was like, no way. That's so crazy. Um, that I'm it was not going to say true. that's why they lost the war, but maybe we look into why that's one of the reasons why they lost the war is because they were talking about <laughs> <laughs> so they had to stop saying it and we like gave it to the theater like ah oh, we can't use this anymore punchy you <laughs> y'all take it <laughs> no one's fighting wars in theater <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was like this is like it was it was so crazy and so like i don't it just led me down this like weird rabbit hole of like so now i want to ask no theater people to... like i almost want to like go up to theater people today and be like do you know the origins of this thing because like i feel like every theater person is gonna is gonna have this wrong like i don't know this is the point of the podcast <laughs> oh you know what's a big superstition in theater that i totally bypassed that we do to this day is the ghost light the ghost light is a huge thing in theater a ghost light i've never heard of ghost light yeah yeah, yeah. so um there's a thought that theaters are haunted <laughs> bg Dubs is kind of like the whistling thing but there's a thought that theaters are haunted for whatever reason and so you never leave a theater completely in the dark because you don't want the ghost to take over. So we have what's called a ghost light. And as crew, one of our things we do at the end of every night is you put a light on stage that has like a little bit of illumination and then you leave the theater that way. And so it's called a ghost light. And no so, way. Yeah. And so like a big like theater tattoo that people get or like a sticker or whatever is these ghost lights because it's such a huge part of theater. But that's a superstition. Because you're like, oh, I can't leave the lights off in theater. Like, I don't want bad things to happen. And so, like, I can send you 500 photos of every theater I've worked in that have ghost lights on them. Because, yeah, you leave it on stage and, like, you leave the thing on. And, like, that's always what happens. There's always some sort of illumination. It's usually a very, like, lamp lamppost kind of looking thing. But even sometimes you just, like, leave, like, one of the side lights on. I've seen people plug in, like, fairy lights kind of situation, LED light strips just anything to add light to the theater so the ghosts don't take over, but it's called a ghost light. And that's a big superstition too. Now I think about it. I was like, I missed one of the biggest ones. <laughs> that is so cool. I've never heard of that. Yeah. 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 So ghost lights are a huge thing. And that's like your big thing is like at the end of the night, you roll it out, you make sure it's plugged in, you make sure it's on it's kind of part of like the last thing you do before you lock up. And then obviously when you come into the theater, you unlock the theater, you turn on the work lights, you unplug the ghost light, and then you, you go on with your business, right? And it's, like, a huge part of, like, what we do every single day in theater is the ghost light. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. 
And I'm telling you, I've been in theaters that I'm like, is the theater haunted? Like I was in a theater once and um, no shit. Like there were a couple times where I would be getting in and out. So the SM area we call from is called the booth. And um, I would get in and out of this booth and uh, you kind of had to like climb into it. Like I give booths, I give all the booths I work in like clever names. So I call this one the tree house because you had to like kind of shimmy your way into it. And um, every time I, a couple of times I would get in, I feel like something kind of pushing me and I was like, what is happening? And then there were times where I would turn on the lights or whatever to test them on stage or I would turn on the sound, whatever. And then we would go to run a thing that needed the sound. And all of a sudden, like all the speakers were off and I'm like, I just, I tested this. And so like, there was a few weird things like this, right. Where I'd be on stage and then all of a sudden, like something would shut off on me. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, is there like a short in the system or whatever? And then the owners like the artistic director of the theater and stuff were like, Oh yeah, we have a ghost. And they had a very specific name for her, but I guess somebody was living in a room next to the theater and they heard a lot of talking and like weird stuff too. And so I don't know. Everyone thinks theaters are haunted, whether it's true or not, but is that because like people are like dying in theaters or because like ghosts just like the theater? I, I mean, I think there, I don't, I don't, I I don't know of anyone who's died in a theater, right? I don't think that's the thing that's happened per se. I mean, I'm sure it has like at some point somebody has probably died in a theater, unfortunately, but yeah, I think it has to do with the fact that these are all very, very old buildings. Like, most theaters are very, very old. Like, they are from, like, the 1920s. They're, you know, or even older. If you're in England, obviously, the Globe is still a theater, and that was around during Shakespeare's age. And so I think because they are so old, I think there's just a thought that ghosts migrate towards them, you know, that there's just a lot of a lot of history there. And, yeah, it's one of those things that everyone thinks theaters are haunted. So we have ghost lights. That's so funny. Okay, we'll yeah. see. Fun fact. You just blew my mind. And that's why I love I love information like this because it's always something that comes up. Like someone will say something that's like very common. You're like, oh, you know where that came from? You know, it's just like, a, and like it's it's funny because if you're learning this language, so they're called idioms where you cannot, you can't really derive the meaning of the sentence from the words themselves. You kind of have to know what the phrase is, commonality, to be able to understand what it is. Well, um, yeah. And so like in theater, we have a lot of, uh, accessibility things we do and one of them is that we put translators on stage for performances so then that way people who are deaf hard of hearing um get interpreted performances um and so but we but i've talked with these with these uh interpreters and they were saying that there's a huge difference between interpreting and translating right Mm -hmm. and like a lot of it comes down to like you said with idioms like it's hard because you have to understand the cultural aspect of what you are translating and you can't translate word for word because we all know what happens when you put something through Google Translate and it doesn't come out right the right way. You have to be able to understand the cultural context and all these other things to make it make sense to somebody who doesn't have the context, right? So yeah. it's all super fascinating. But like in theater, when we have these translators work, we sometimes have to make agreements. Like if in Hunchback of Notre Dame, like when Fifth Avenue did it, they, they put Quasimodo on and he was a hard of hearing actor. And uh, so they had to make like Esmeralda, Quasimodo, they had to make sign language for those words, right? Instead of just spelling it out all the time. And mm-hmm. now those are common parts, not common parts of sign language. I'm not sure if everyone in, you know, who does ASL knows that Quasimodo is this one thing, but at least in Seattle, it ended up being like a newly accepted word. Right. Um, and so it's just interesting how you can like impact things like that. So. Yeah, that's so crazy. I guess I've never thought about it. Like if you had the term break a leg in a performance, instead of saying break a leg, the translator would have to hear that and be like, good luck. Um, if they mm-hmm. wanted it to translate correctly to the audience. Uh, which you wouldn't think about. It's just something that is very common uh, in our language. And so I, 
that's why, I don't know, I'm really hoping that I can like find the time and the passion to really do this because I love these ones, which a lot of them come from English, like the English, um, like old English, and then they're translated, they come over to America or they're created here. But I think in different seasons, it would be very interesting to do other languages and their translations of idioms uh, that yeah. we don't normally hear here in America. Yeah, for sure, because like, if you think about even just how much English is seeped into Christian culture, right? Mm-hmm. But there are cultures that like don't have hell, right? So we say go to hell, and that's a very common meaning, but then what do you do with a culture that doesn't have hell, right? And there are right. other ways in which that same meaning is infused, but they don't say go to hell. Um, like, obviously, Jewish people don't technically say go to hell. It's not like a thing. Um, so, yeah, so it just depends on the things, and like, it's interesting how it also changes uh, when you have different uh languages thrown into the mix so yeah yeah so i'm like "Ah, i really want to do this i love it so we'll see i love you um i hope you have an amazing week awesome thanks girl you're the best give everyone hugs for me do you work in theater and what do you do in theater yes i work in theater i am a director playwright actor and theater teacher great and where do you think the original origin of the saying break a leg comes from? Actually, it's a very contested origin story. Uh, the most common one and one of the ones I learned. <laughs> uh, dates back to early um, stages in which there was a, a rake or a, an angle to the stage. And <clears throat> when actors would get into their performance and move slowly, slowly down uh, towards closer to the audience. They would, there was a, um, a space between where the stage and the audience was, and they would fall because they were so into their performance. Hence, breaking a leg meant uh, you're like really into your performance. You're doing like supposedly really well. Oh, I had never actually heard that. That's fascinating. And that's because in London, right, all the stages are super raked, right? I suppose so. Because also we have to remember theater was not just a European thing. Like theater started as a religious ritual for the Greeks, right? And so actually what we consider a a theater space is also a little bit uh, contested. (laughs) Do you have any personal superstitions and do you have any theater specific superstitions? Ooh, yes. Um, you don't say the Scottish play's real name on stage. Oh my God, I said the same thing. I was like, Mackers. I don't mm-hmm. even say it outside the theater. Nope. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, if I'm in a theater space, a performance space, that's usually when I make sure not to say it. I don't even say it in our house. <laughs> I want to invite that in. Um, it's also... Make sure a ghost light always goes on. And what is the ghost light? Okay, so a ghost light is typically usually just some sort of lamp or really kind of like um, any any light that must stay on even after everyone has left the space. Um, Because one of the superstitions that's related to it is that there are theater ghosts. So, again, different origin stories, but... You know, like ghosts of past performers who have been in that space or who died in that space. I don't actually know. But the idea is that the theater ghosts uh, um, need light and that it is good luck to keep 
to keep those lights on. Um, and and we don't say good luck. We say break correct. a leg, right? You say break a leg. You say merde, which is more like, ballet, right? In French. What does merde stand for? It's it's a swear. I'm pretty sure it's the F word equivalent. I thought it was the S word equivalent. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Babe, you speak French. Uh oh. I know it in a theater context. Um, and what is the point of it, though? The point of it is, again, to avoid saying good luck. And it's it's like, you know, have a great performance, get really into it, right? Like, that it's so good. You're like, swear word. It's so good. <laughs> oh, whistling in a theater space. Um, that's considered bad luck. Again, origins of uh, before fancy automation. Um, whoever is operating the fly these menu. flies um, would communicate via whistles. So if you, <laughs> if you if you accidentally give that signal that it's not supposed to be dropped, then it will dropped, drop. Yeah, it will drop. You will die. Supposedly, that is that is. The thing. Any other theater superstitions? Do you have any specific ones? Like I was talking about, like even two doche, right? We don't say two show day. We say two doche. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I personally don't ever say oh. Um, wow, it's going to be a good house tonight or oh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a small audience tonight or it's going to be an easy show. Like I I I avoid that. Oh, that's times. smart. I haven't thought of that. Um, but that's true. You want to be like cuz you'll say have a good show. Mm-hmm. But you're not like it's going to be It's going to be a blank. It's going whatever. to be a good show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh, uh theater superstition. Less superstition, I think, but I guess maybe the ritual. Uh, do not. I do not read reviews on the day they come out. I usually wait until after the show. So you're um, one of those that doesn't like to know about the reviews while the no, show is running. Absolutely not. Um, I don't like to know if there are uh, press in the audience or famous people um, or famous people. I don't care about that. My personal superstition is that there just has to be a very specific few like warm up exercises that I must do. Um, it depends on the show and on the character, but it usually involves some sort of like vocal and physical warm up. And you, I always ha- want to greet the space because going back to the ghost light and like theater ghosts, or if there are resident like spirits in your space, um, you, I always, you, I always try to make good friends with them. So you always greet them, hello and goodbye. That's my biggest theater superstition. Yeah. Thank you, Max. Thank you, Max, so much. All right, all right. That's a wrap for today. I'll leave you here with these intellectual snacks to think about. And you can tell me what you think by leaving us a comment on the podcast or sending us an email to myunoriginalthoughtpodcast at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. And as always, like and subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss a new episode. We'll see you next time. And as always, keep being inquisitive.